Come gather round people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a-changing Welcome to Packers Without Borders The greatest podcast on the planet <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Hi. I'm Andy. I'm listening to Packers Without Borders from Sheffield, England, and you're listening to the best podcast in the world. No, I don't want to. No, yeah, that's that. That would be something after you become a dad. That phrase goes away. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Doesn't happen I anymore. Just, yeah, that that vocabulary doesn't exist anymore. You know, uh, I see the Packers are playing in London. It's about time, really. I mean, uh, the NFL basically had to add an extra game to the season in order to uh, accommodate the Packers wanting their eight games a year, right? Like, they got their wish, really. So crazy. Best of both worlds, right? And then everybody's looking into it. Oh, look who's not on any of the posters. Rogers isn't on any of the posters. Well, Rogers hasn't signed yet. Yeah. So you can't advertise somebody who's not going to be there or possibly might not be there, right? Yeah. Those signs, you know, they're going to have all the guys that are going to be there. Jones will be there and Bakhtiari will be there. And oh, crazy. The UK fans will love it. I don't like the idea of a 9 a.m. game. I don't either. The time change stuff, you know, Jacksonville's used to it, right? Yeah, yeah. So for them, they already know the whole but process. Even, even the know. UK, even in another country, they're like, Jacksonville stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Send us a real team. Come on. Come on. Show us one of the stars. And Green Bay has always been like, we're never giving up a home game. So this year they get nine home games, they get one preseason and they get eight home games. And what last year we only had uh, eight home games and we had an extra away game. Right. So it kind of goes back and forth with 17. So we'll, we'll be playing one of our home opponents in London. And depending on who it is, once the schedule is released and they let us know who we're playing on what days, then we'll know exactly who the opponent is going to be. Right. So I don't think it's going to be an NFC North opponent more than likely no, it would probably the giants i i would love to make it dallas i'd love to see dallas over there just 
because I don't want to see Dallas in Green Bay again. Last time they were in Green Bay, I was at that game and we lost. So I want <laughs> I don't want to see Dallas at home. Oh, well, it's about time, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's about time. For all of our UK fans and everybody out there, Andy obviously is going to be there. There's several yeah. people oh, yeah. that are going to oh, yeah. rip it up and have a really good time down there. So I'm I know. Excited. I say. I say we crash Andy's couch. I, I, agree. I say. I say we crash Andy's couch. I know he's offered it a few times, and we're going to just take him up on it. I know it's been empty promises. Oh yeah, sure, you can sleep on my couch. I seriously. Every time somebody says that, I always think to myself, I want to be there one day and just be like, oh, who's at the door? Yeah. Holy shit, it's Matt and Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of promises that have been unkept, Carla asked me a few weeks ago, but it just kind of went by oh, the way. Oh, that's right. That's break right. break down the Wait, tight end. It's a mailbag. It's a it mailbag is. question. It's a mailbag, yeah. So let's do mailbag. Okay. Mailbag. Okay. Mailbag. Not the one with hair, but with an envelope. <laughs> Beauty. Love that song, man. Seriously. You should well, uh, release that as a single. I don't know, man. It, I, I'll become a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Who wants all that money? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that <laughs> riff and those chords and that chord progression and that picking pattern is amazing. Ooh. Never. It came Never straight heard out of that my before. brain. Never. Uh-uh. Never yeah. heard that before. 100% That's original. Ridiculous. Yep. And we can talk about this a little bit from a, the standpoint of she's asking about the tight end that we signed about She's a asking month. about your tight end? No, no, no. Oh, that the oh. Packers signed up. Come on, Carlos, not like that. Elise Mack is his name. He was okay. signed. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's. Yeah. I looked at his profile in Notre Dame because he was drafted in the seventh round by the New Orleans Saints in 2019. Played college ball at Notre Dame. The dude is 6'4", 251 pounds, and. Caught 68 passes for 17, 716 yards and four touchdowns in three years. So he's not the prolific pass-catching tight end. He's not going to be replacing Tanyan or DeGuara or one of those guys. I think this is more of an insurance policy for Mercedes Lewis. With everything, and in terms of the timing of when they did the actual signing itself, we need to have a lot of pieces in place to have Big Dog come back. We have a lot. We already see all the movement. We'll talk about the cap implications right now with everything that the Packers have done with the restructuring and, and the positives and the negatives of that. But they're just signing insurance policies. And I think that Mac has the build and the body to replace Mercedes Lewis, more of that inline blocking tight end close to the line, helping the offensive line, especially with the question marks we have with Bach the question marks we have with Eldon Jenkins, the question marks we have with uh, with Myers, Runyon, Turner. Our offensive line is where I think we're going to see a drastic change in the backup roles. I think we're very secure with our top five um, just because they did a very good job and they have a year's worth of experience, but I have a feeling that a lot of what they're going to be doing is – 
the Matt LaFleur scheme, and again, we've talked about in the past the 12 personnel and how much that plays into Matt LaFleur's playbook and his offense. And I think that Mac plays the Mercedes Lewis role more than he does the DeGuara or Tanyan role. And we'll see what happens. I, you know, it, it's a futures contract, which means um, that he is not on the 53-man roster right now, but it is an opportunity, right? It's a futures contract that if you show up and you do your job, then we're going to sign you to the roster. So they're basically holding his rights as a player. Pretty interesting prospect. But again, we've never seen him at the NFL level, so I don't know what to expect from him. But at the same time, we're bringing in players, right? I mean, we've got we're bringing in cheaper players. Let's just put it that way, because we're going to try to keep the core of this team together. It is very apparent that they are, and I have to take a deep breath here, but we are going all in, and we keep pushing money out, and we're going to be okay in 2022 being able to keep all these guys, but then in 2023. Bakhtiari is going to be paid like a quarterback. Aaron Jones is going to be paid like a quarterback. Kenny Clark is going to be paid like a quarterback with these restructures in 2023. And that's my biggest concern. What are we doing to the future of the salary cap? You know, before under Ted Thompson, a lot of what they would do was keep guys on the cheap or get rid of them, not overpay for players, keep who we had. And we always had money to either spend on the players that we have currently on the team, or if we were real close, go out and get, like we did, go get a Charles Woodson. Back in the 90s, go get a Reggie White because that was the mentality that the Packers always had is keep it all in-house. And once the team has developed from the inside the way that it's supposed to develop and the players are where they are, then we go out and get to fill in the gaps. And what we're doing right now is we have, like I've said in the past, such a talented team that we can't pay everybody. But I think we're going to keep the majority of our frontline starters intact, including Rodgers, including Adams. We already saw that they've kept Showtime. They've kept um, Kenny Clark, and they've kept Bakhtiari. And that's not to say that they're not going to restructure or move other people around, but it almost seems like they're freeing up all this money to franchise tag Adams. And nobody's going to want to play. No player wants to play on a one-year deal, right? One injury, and there goes his large contract. So all of these movements, including just that was kind of the first domino to fall, signing a tight end um, to the roster is saying, okay, we need backup players for our stars that might be here, might not be here. It's kind of like insurance policy. So I think Mac is more of an insurance policy, but if he shows something, then we're going to see him on the 53-man roster. So so what do you think, Matt? What do you think is going to happen with all of this? I, I think, like I said before in our bold predictions, I think tag and trade. I think that's what's going to happen with Adams is tag and trade. I don't think now everybody goes, oh, they've reworked. Listen, they reworked three of the big contracts and we're halfway to becoming balanced, let alone signing new deals. We've got Jair to sign. We've got, who is it, Turner to sign. We've got Campbell to sign, Douglas to sign. We've got uh, Adams to sign, Rogers to sign. I mean, the list is six miles long. Amos. I mean, Amos, yeah. right? MVS, Lazard, EQ, the entire wide receiver core. Like, and, and like we've said before, we're going to miss some guys. Some guys are going to go missing because of this. It's, it's not going to be good. People aren't going to be happy about it, but it's the necessary evil. 
right? It's the the, the writing on the money. wall. The writing on the wall is this with all of these moves. They're anticipating at some point, and they're pushing that to 2023. So I'm assuming that Rodgers is going to get probably two or three-year contract with the three-year out, right? But two solid years that he's going to be with us. So this year, yep, we'll keep the majority of the team intact. We're going to lose some players, but we're going to push more money out. And starting in 2023, how are we going to keep a full team for we're Aaron Rodgers? Keep half of the team. Exactly. We're keep half of the team. So, this is the thing is we're going all in, but now we're going into the further, further deep end. Right. Where where if this all blows up on our face, it could be four or five years of rebuilding just to get well, back to the From playoffs. a salary cap standpoint, but I, I think and I believe and I do believe in the Packers' ability to, and they talked about this. Goody said this. Yeah, we're going to field a competitive team. We're never going to be that team that completely tanks for a year. But because of the talent, I think after one year, we're going to lose a lot of pieces. 2023, that's where we start seeing the big names go, right? We're going to see the Aaron Jones is not going to be on the team with $20 million. But then you have dead cap hits that are going to be hitting anyway. So it's still going to take an extra year or two yeah. to clean everything up. But that one year of transition is going to be that crap year. But they're pushing that to be 2024, I'm assuming, is going to be the year where all Packer fans and what all Bears fans and all Vikings fans wish for is going to be that one year where we're towards the bottom. We'll have a high pick. We'll still have Rodgers. So it's not going to be a very high pick because we're always competitive with Rodgers, regardless of who we have out there, right? We always have a high pick. And that's that's the thing that really aggravates me with Packer fans. They go, oh, how come we didn't take a wide receiver? Right? And it's like, well, none of the good wide receivers are there at 29. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in the first round available at 30 now you're picking first for the second round that's the way it really is right. and it's the way the nfl makes this parody that's why we're seeing teams like kansas city having a run and now cincinnati having a run and 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 los angeles and you know we're, we're watching the progression of all these other teams and the whole idea is the parody they want to make sure the best teams play the best teams the worst teams get the first pick and the most help to become better teams and we don't we're never picking top 10. And, and so, this draft is not any different. I started shifting. There's like one wide receiver that's any good in the first no, round. No, there, there's four really good four? wide receivers in this class. Wow. But the problem is that they're not a Justin Jefferson. They're not a Jamar Chase. But because of the success of those two guys the last few years – Teams yeah. that are looking for a wide receiver are going to reach for those guys, and Packers fans are going to be really disappointed because the four guys that the Packers would even remotely consider drafting are not going to be there at yeah. that spot. Not worth the amount, right? There's a lot of really good second-round and third-round prospects that are grading in the 30s to the 60s that are the guys that they're going to target, and they're going to reach for somebody that – is not slotted to go and all the media is going to get upset that why did they reach for this guy just like with AJ Dillon, but I'm sticking to my guns with my, with my prediction that we're going to take a tackle at 28. And then once we come back to that second part of the round, they might trade up to get somebody else, but most of the wide receiver prospects that kind of fit the mold, that big bodied guy, that's kind of shifty. Um, that really can play the slot more than, you know, the X and the Y receivers. I mean, 
I'm assuming that Adams is still going to be on the team. Honestly, I don't think we're going to tag and trade him, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see Amari Rogers. We'll, we'll either see him or we won't see any more of him. I think that they're going to draft what they expected out of Amari Rogers, who did not commit. They're going to find another player like that. And I just did that. I did a mock draft for the first three rounds because I'm not going to sit there for hours on yeah. PFF, but the kid that I picked up that I saw um, that I did about 10 or 15 different mock drafts just to kind of see how they fall. And consistently it was uh, Bernard Rainman from, from Cleveland um, that is a legitimate tackle prospect. He's a tight end that was converted into an offensive lineman. He was top 10 graded on PFF, only allowed 10 pressures. That's the kind of guy I think they'll they'll target in the at the beginning of the draft. And then in the second round, the same wide receiver kept popping up over and over and over again because all of those first few guys were gone. And the guy's name is Sky Moore. Um, he's ranked number 30 on the big board for PFF. And, you know, PFF has their ups and downs. Yeah. I, I, I generally like to stick with PFF and – there are other pro football stats and other guys that have really good boards that they do, but you're looking at this guy. Rainman is number 15 on the big board. So value picking him up at 28 and getting a tackle, which is something we need, right? We need to keep Rogers upright and healthy. And we saw how critical having an offensive line is. We've noticed that the last couple of years in the losses in the playoffs. And then sky Moore, this wide receiver, I'm telling you, he is a big dude, but, Best route runner in the class is what they're saying. So his ability to get off of the line is the best out of any wide receiver in this class, and that's what I think they're going to be targeting. Somebody similar to Devontae Adams that can win quickly off of a route because that's opening up the middle of the field, especially if Tongan and these guys don't step up. We need somebody yeah. for the middle, and he's a big body wide receiver. So that's the guy that I'm thinking that they're going to take. And whether Adams, if Adams is there, great. Right. Then we can put I think they're going to bring back NBS. They'll bring back Lassard and EQ on cheaper deals. And if they're, they're going to test the open market, I don't think their market is where they think it is because their value comes with the Packers. But we hear this all the time about, oh, Adams doesn't have any weapons. Right. You don't tell them that that same sentiment is more than likely what most players or football teams listen to. Right. They don't know the inner workings of the Packers and understanding how they work. So I think those guys are going to come back as secondary roles. And if Adams is gone, I have a feeling this kid can step into that role because if he's so quick off of the line and can get open, you know, Rogers is going to, if, if he can legitimately have that talent level, you know, that he's a, a, a legitimate replacement for Adams in case he leaves. Yeah, I, I'm going to, to save my what do we think is going to get drafted until after the combine. Um, if you remember, uh, Shaquille Griffin went from a fifth rounder to a second rounder just with his 40 and his shuttle time alone. I think uh, I'm going to hold off, but I do believe Adams is tagged and traded before the season starts. Yeah. And uh, the draft is what now, 59, 58 days away? I think in those 58 days, he's tagged and traded. We can't keep him. There'll be there'll be a couple of guys that are holdouts that are like, I ain't moving my contract for shit. And they're going to cause 
either Rodgers or Adams. And Rodgers will come out tomorrow and say, Tom Clemens is back. I'm back. Blah, 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 blah. Hopefully we can get a deal done. And he'll probably re-sign or restructure some type of team-friendly deal. And he'll get a big cash bonus and a boatload of more money. And he can go buy more antihistamines or whatever he likes. But Adams, I think, is our casualty. Wow. If, if you can remove one player from the team and keep everyone else. Yeah, it's Adams, unfortunately. And, and, and it sucks. But at the same time, remember, 88, 83% of the time, you do not need the league MVP to win a Super Bowl. We see this all the time. And what is it? like? Nine, it was, this is the first time in NFL history that the, that the leader in wide receiving yards and touchdowns actually made the Super Bowl. So yeah. you don't need both those players. We have both those players, but we don't need both those players to win the Super Bowl. And it happens all the time. And I think logistically... I mean, you know what, what, what the, what the do I know though? Seriously. I mean, I thought for sure we were completely toast with the draft and or with the cap and everybody was going to get cut and, and Rogers would be out there, you know, throwing to the ball boy and the popcorn kid from section three. And now they've moved some money. And even though Bakhtiari just redid his deal, he just redid his deal again. And just even though Kenny Clark redid his deal. And even though the ink on Aaron Jones's deal hasn't even dried yet, they're redoing that. What do I know? What do I know? I, I don't know. What they we do know everyone. is that in 2024, well, 2023 and 2024, we are screwed. Those guys are going to be off of the team and there's going to be dead cap hits all over the place. And yeah, so we pushed out what we saved $20 million on the cap now, which means we're going to have to pay that at some point. It's not like that money yeah. disappears. So we're going to start 20 million in the hole starting in 2023 without even signing any contracts or doing anything with anybody. It's we're, we're already negative at the bank account in you the know, future. It's like that. It's like that. What is it? Is it Bobby Benilia? Is it Bobby Benilia has got that deal? There's a baseball player. Oh, every, the baseball year, player. Yeah. every year he gets like a $1.8 million check from the Mets up until he's like 80 years old or something. Yeah. Bobby yeah, Bonilla right? day. Yeah. It's yeah, coming up. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Quick. <laughs> yeah right. How'd you love to be that guy? Oh man, how much money you got? Oh, I've only got like three grand left. Dude, you just had two minutes. Relax. I get another check in like three yeah, weeks, bro. Don't worry, I'll just i blow through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, jump change, right? Yeah. yeah, hello everybody. You're listening to Packers Without Borders. I'm Peter from the UK. Go Pack Go. If you like Packers Without Borders, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcast. Don't forget to hit the like button, hit subscribe, and leave us a review. Five stars are preferable. And if you can find us on Patreon as well, under Packers Without Borders, please throw us some money so we can continue doing debauchery. Patreon slash Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Think it's time we stop, children. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going When you need a nice, refreshing beverage, think Full Sail Brewing, brought to you by me. I am Carla from California, and this is Packers Without Borders with Bruce and Matt. Crazy. Crazy. So we we generally we don't get uh, 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 political 
and uh, we try and stay uh, Switzerland neutral yeah. and mainstream. But uh, I mean, no, this uh, what's going on in the Ukraine is pretty upsetting. I know it's upset uh, an awful lot of um, here in Manitoba, where I live. Uh, in the 1900s, when the Russians were coming across and they were uh, fighting with the Ukrainians, because the Ukrainians have been fighting with Russia for, uh, you know, over 100 years. Uh, a lot of them immigrated to Canada and uh, these Ukrainians were given uh, land right in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, prairie farming land. And this was raw land. This was rocks and trees and everything else. And by hand. They carved out their Canadian dream. I mean, these are some of the most toughest, resilient people I have ever uh, known or had the privilege to meet. And I do not think I could be more proud of a culture that I am not associated with other than, wow, it just it, it, they, they are, you know, it's like that scene in 300 when they're, they're all at, Helm's, at the Hell's Gate and the Persian army is there and the Persian says, Spartans, lay down your weapons. And Gerard Butler ducks down and he says, Persians, come and get them. Exactly. Right. You want to talk about your freedoms being taken away and your mass this and your mass that. Why don't you go right now down to the Ukraine and go ask those people what it's like to have a tyrannical government take away their freedoms? Because that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like putting a piece of cloth on your face and trying to keep everybody happy and safe while you're going to the movies. It looks like throwing Molotov cocktails from your grandmother's apartment, trying to save your life and the lives of everyone else. That's what it looks like. So enough, enough of the bickering, enough of the little bullsh crap, bull, not enough. You're on the wrong side of history and you're making yourself look like idiots. Stop it. Stop it. I have one comment. If you're okay. supporting this war or trying to justify the actions of a dictator who's now threatening nuclear war because he wants to take over and create the USSR again and take over all of these territories and try to bully his way across there. If you're supporting that or if you feel Putin is in the right, then guess what? You love that. You love Putin so much. Why don't you go live in Russia and leave the United States of America? There you go. There you go. You can, you can see the entire world is pointing to you now. I mean, Switzerland, who has been neutral when the Nazis were taking over. I mean, we're talking about a country that has been notoriously neutral, and they are getting involved. This tells you everything that you need to know, whether you want to believe mainstream media, Fox, blah, 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 blah. It's happening. It's happening in front of your eyes, and the entire world is pointing it to you. Do not be an idiot. And these are wake-up calls for us. You know, yeah. for me, Matt, you, we just talked about this. We all go through rough times all the time. Everybody's dealing with different levels of stress, different levels of things. Every single day you deal with something. And to you, your world is difficult and it's hard. And these types of things are what bring perspective to your life to understand that, yeah, your, your life might be fucked up, but there's always somebody that has a worse situation than you. And you need to be extremely grateful for what you have. I mean, it's not that we're not working. It's not that you're not doing anything, but hell, I mean, I have a beautiful house. I have two cars, two nice cars. I've got three healthy kids relatively, you know, every once in a while, like this morning, um, things happen, but it does not, it pales in comparison to what yeah. people around the world and situations around the world and what you're dealing with. And you have to have that level of sensitivity to understand. Yeah. My, I'm dealing with this. I have this. And this is this is horrible to me, but always trying to put that into perspective 
to move forward because as bad as I have it in the United States with whatever it is that I'm complaining about, it is never going to be even 10% of a war-torn country or somebody that's being a dictator controlling a country and living for a dictator that doesn't allow you to have any type of freedoms whatsoever or a country like Mexico, which unfortunately breaks my heart, that has now a socialist president who has literally changed the constitution himself so he can stay into power and he's putting all of his brothers and his sisters and his aunts and everybody in power all over the place and lining their pocketbooks, all of the contracts. And you're telling me if that's fair, has we need to put everything in perspective. And I think what I've enjoyed the most in terms of saying enjoy, right? Because this is wartime, but with the Ukrainians is the messaging and you see the solidarity that these guys have in the, their culture and how proud they are. And just listening to them interviewing the people, having actors that are Ukrainians and you see their resilience. And to me, it, it's, it's very heartwarming to see such a wonderful culture that I, I honestly didn't know anything about, man. I can't pretend to say, Oh yeah, Ukraine, go Ukraine. It's it's, I had to kind of educate myself on, all right, who are these people? What is this? This is awesome. Because the Russians went in there thinking that these guys were going to fold their hands and they have not been able to advance and it's 10 to one, but one pissed off Ukrainian apparently is worth 20 Russians that unfortunately are Slavs and it's the same exact descendancy and heritage. They speak the same language. So they're what he's not using. That's what people don't understand. Putin's not using Russian military. He's using first off, very young soldiers that have no clue what they're doing. Number one. And number two, he's using Ukrainian heritage people to fight their own country. So what he's doing is he's letting them kill themselves and not even caring and not putting anything behind that. And that says it all. He was expecting no resistance, go in there, take over the country. We're done. No, that's not going to happen. And eventually what I would love to see is all these 180,000 quote unquote Russian soldiers that actually are of Ukrainian descent, turn around and point their guns the other way. And let's see what happens. That would be ideal. You know, you, you, you don't take over first off, it's next to impossible to invade and then hold a country. It's next to impossible. Mm -hmm. You don't take over a country with 40 million people in it with only 250,000 troops. You just can't. He, he firmly believed because Trump had tried to weaken the NATO and Trump had to listen. If, I, I mean, you got to give it to the Trump. You got to give it to the Trump supporters. I mean, even in the face of complete and utter, this is definitely because of him, they still deny it. I mean, that level of stupidity has never been achieved before in mankind. And like, I'm talking even caveman days, like they're just, just blinders on stupid. But he's coming in with 250,000. He thought they were just gonna, hey, here's some flowers. Here's some, hey, come on in, right? Because there is a couple of small groups, the, the very fringe minority who are like, yeah, we should still be under Russian control. But the majority of the country, the big chunk of the country is, no, we, we're our own sovereign country and we don't want to be part of it. You're always going to have these people, i.e. the convoy, right? You're mm -hmm. always going to have these people who have got this thing in their head that they're for sure, oh, yeah, this is it. Listen, there's two sides to history, the right side and the wrong side. And there's got to be people on the wrong side, right? That way, all the people on the right side of history can go, see, don't be these fucking fools, right? Mm -hmm. So... 
he thought he was going to go in there. These Ukrainian people, holy crap. I knew they were tough yeah. because of experience, because of growing up out here. And some of the Ukrainian boys, right? Like these guys are, they are tough, tough SOBs. But did you see that video of the little old lady that walked up? And she says to the Russian guy, I mean, to paraphrase it, she says, here, put these sunflower seeds in your pockets. That way, when you get killed on my land, beautiful flowers will grow. How ice cold is that? How ice cold? She has nerves of steel, that woman. When, when the old women are talking to you like that, you're in trouble. Because mm -hmm. it goes from them down to birth right? Like it is a whole new mentality, right? I mean, the, the, the Americans are, come on, Zelensky, come, come, we'll see, you can come this way. He goes, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. Right there, Putin is turning this guy into a world-class leader, right? Mm -hmm. He has made this guy, and it's got to be eating him alive too, right? It's got to be just driving Putin absolutely freaking insane, that the guy that he's trying to out as this as this, uh, you know, uh, idiot of a leader and the guy that's neo-Nazi and he comes up with all these great, everybody's got to compare it to the Nazis. And the only one that's being a real Nazi is Putin. But I, he tries to demolish this guy. And this guy says, give me a gun and I'll meet you at high noon. Holy crap, right? Just now he's walking the streets on his phone in the middle of the night. I'm not going anywhere. Bring it. You're going to die here. Turn around and go home where you die here. You've got 12 Ukrainians uh, uh, maintaining Snake Island and the Russian warship. You will be fired upon. And what are the, and what are the Ukrainians saying? Russian warship, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like balls of steel. If you've ever wanted to be a different culture before, Ukrainian is now top of the list. It made my daughter, my oldest daughter is obviously very involved in this and she loves world history and she, she's a history buff and her seeing this, she was showing us some videos yesterday of those soldiers and just soldiers in general saying goodbye to their wives before going to the front lines. And she was just crying and saying, Oh my God, like it hit her that way. And to your point about, you know, it's Trump's fault. And I, I'm going to say it's Putin's fault. He was empowered yes. by what happened. Yes. I mean, ultimately, yes. but yes. here's what happens. And just my basic two cents of what I think happens with politics is in the United States. This has been my experience. Yeah. It's not anything earth shattering. It's not some deep dive into politics. But what happens is you have a president who gets elected and inherits whatever the previous president did, tries to fix what he can and implements their own style or beliefs or programs that they want to start that doesn't happen in their first term right yeah. so once the second term rolls around if a president is good enough which trump was not to get reelected, then you implement all of the all the groundwork that you laid in the first four years look trump did a lot of good for the economy i'm not i'm not saying they're not dude i, I mean look at inflation now there's a lot of things that have gone wrong but they need to understand that those are not necessarily because of Biden. It's the repercussions from a previous administration, just like Trump had to deal with a bunch of stuff that Obama did good and bad, right? And yeah, stuff that yeah. he agreed with or disagreed with. It took him time to clean that up. Biden is having to clean up what Trump did. And what Trump did is destroy international relations. The United States was better off with him as a country by itself. 
but we are not a country by ourselves. We are a world that is united across every single country in the United States. And you have allies and you have people that oppose your country. So if the United States was a standalone that closed their borders and used their own crude oil and did everything, what Trump tried to do is good. But that's not the way the world works. The way the world works is I'm connected to you, man. Fuck, dude, we haven't even met in person and we talk on Zooms and you know more about me than probably 99% of the people that, that, that I talk to on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. And that connection and people just our podcast. I mean, we talk to people in the UK. We have people in Greece. We have people in Peru. We have people in all over South America, Europe that are connected through this. And that's the sentiment that's politics are the same way. We're all connected. Whatever happens on one side of the world and you're looking at it now, guess what? Gas prices in the United States and in North America are going to shoot up probably another 30, 40% because we've relied on tyrannic crude oil from the Middle East. And if you guys researched that, everybody's like, oh, well, look how great he did in the Middle East. It's like, hold on. When Trump, when we pulled the troops out of the Middle East, Guess who was there the following day? The Russians took over that territory yeah. and now they control yeah. the Middle East. So yeah. now the Middle East, which is where we get oil from, and Russia, where we get oil from, are now, it ends with the United States. So what happens on one side of the world affects it here. And that's the problem is that we're inheriting an ad administration right now, or Biden is, is inheriting an administration that is having to fix all of these international debacles that we had because he was about USA first. And, and you know, he, he's smart. He's feeding to the, the freedom loving. Don't tell me wear a mask. Don't tell don't me what tread on me freedom of speech. <laughs> yeah. And, but there's this, the problem is that he's playing with sentiments because I would die for my country, but I would also put on a mask to make sure I don't kill you. Yeah. Right. And I understand yeah. that COVID is kind of a little bit going by the wayside now. Thank God numbers are coming down. It seems like it's almost over, but also realize that the lack of people not caring is going to spark another, another virus trend, right? Or another. Well, we're always going to see always, one. We always H1N1, exactly. the avian flu, uh, the swine flu, uh, foot and mouth disease, mad cow. It, it, it starts in our animals and in our food, and then it hits us. So we're always going to come across another variant of COVID, something. H1N1, whatever. It's it's the way the planet tries to Rid siphon it. off some of what? the excess, right? Yeah. Like, How many times have we said this, Matt? We as a human race are the virus on yeah. Earth. And the yeah. Earth needs to, just like we're trying to get rid of a virus created by man. <laughs> yeah. The Earth is saying... Hold on. And if you guys take some time and research how much the world actually healed these last two years in COVID, because when we were locked up, not driving as much, not using as much crude oil, not using as much energy, not doing as much of everything, all of a sudden the polar caps start feeling better. You've had the coldest winter you've ever had. Why? Because the world was so hot, global warming, you give it a chance to reset Cold weather comes in to balance everything uh, out. You know, the St. Lawrence Seaway was so calm that you could actually see the bottom of it. And they had said it had been something like uh, over 75 years since they've been able to see the bottom. And whales and seals were moving through there again. And they never moved through there again. I said when we first saw this and you're watching nature and everything start to kind of heal. I said, you know, when we do Earth Day, we should be doing every no wi-fi no television no cars 
no, you know, man, everything shut down like that first day of COVID and let the planet just, just take Breathe. a deep breath for us for just a day, just one day. Remember they were showing the pollution. They were showing the pollution maps and they were going, see, this is when before COVID and the, and the whole area be just, you know, weird colors. And then they said, this is after COVID, after we shut down and they would show and there was these tiny two little blooms. And they're like, you know, if we could maintain this for a couple of years, this would be really good for the environment. Right. Right. Maybe that's what they did. And that's the whole conspiracy. They were trying to save us all along. Oh no. Tune in next week when Flash Gordon meets the Imprisonator. Oh my god! I can't wait to see that. That sounds fascinating. You know what I mean? Everybody's got a conspiracy. It's like it's like it's like my mom said to me one time. She goes, "Do you want to know who shot JFK?" And I said, "Who?" And she said, "It was Harvey Oswald, and they caught him. And Lee Harvey shot him on television." She said, "Fact and truth is a lot stranger than any fiction." And you know what? She's a hundred percent right. Fact and truth has always been way stranger than fiction, right? And a lot of us, we need to... Now, I'm not going to get into the JFK thing because I, I think that there might have been a couple of extra shooters. I think maybe I think the CIA probably had him killed or somebody up in the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. I, who knows? Who knows, right? But it's like the moon landing. Remember, they asked Neil Armstrong because he wouldn't talk to anybody about it for so long. And they asked Neil Armstrong, oh, yeah, no, it was definitely filmed. It was definitely this and that. And Neil said, do you know how many people worked on that project? And the guy said, I don't know, a few hundred. And he goes, tens of thousands. He said, tens of thousands of people worked on that project from the, its conception to mission accomplished. Tens of thousands of people, different scientists, all from around the United States. And he said, all of those people had families. Wives, husbands, children, uncles, aunts, nephews. He goes, how come not one of them has come out and said it was fake? Yeah. Like that has got to be money. the greatest. Money. You don't think that one of those would come up and say, I've got, I can tell you that this was fake. Give me a million dollars. And that's I got a picture. I got a picture, right? I got a picture. I got to sign this. I got a piece of this. This is the real flag that they No, You know why? Because they did it. That's why. Right. And some people, they just keep digging and digging. And, you know, we've got these supporters here that, you know, no matter what they do, they go, oh, well, your pants are too tight. And that's why you're having a problem. It's like, no, you can't. You just de deny and deflect, deny and deflect. And it's like, listen, you're wrong. Let's move forward so we can all move forward. We are all supposed to learn lessons. And I learned one. And that's uh, 17 or or 15.4 percent of the population in Canada does not have anything rolling around up there. I can exactly. promise you that. <laughs> yeah. Nothing rolling around up there. And they get all their news from Facebook and from Twitter. And, uh, you know, well, they, they, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're, the guy that does their oil changes is giving them virology advice, right? Yeah. Like these are, these are the sheep. Let the sheep. They're the real sheep. They're the lemmings. They'll have somebody over there. There's always somebody that can convince somebody of doing something stupid. And that's who they are. Yeah. That's who they well, are. We stand with Ukraine. That's what this whole yeah. rant is about. We stand yeah. with the Green Bay Packers and whatever it is they're doing with the salary cap. I, yeah. I have a stat correction uh, okay. for Bernard Raymond. I had said Cleveland. It was actually, it was the Chippewas from central Michigan is where he's oh. from. So 
I was looking at the logo, and I, it looks very similar to the Cleveland logo. What about, but, uh, have you got some Packers history there? I thought we were going to do a couple more Packers history. We do. That's what I wanted to close off with. So we're yeah, going to do yeah, little, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Let me let me pull okay. it up real quick. I've got where is it? Uh, yeah. All right, buddy. So we're going to do. Obviously, night everybody knows 1919, the year the team was founded, right? Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you some questions here. Okay, let's do this. What Pulse. in 1921 the Packers and Bears series launched on November 27th? Who won that game, and what was the score? Chicago 26-10. Chicago won. And it was 20 to nothing. Very 20 first. nothing. That's it. I knew it was a blowout. I knew yeah. it was a blowout. It was bad. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Then let me see. 26, 10, come. 20, nothing. Pretty close. Here we go. This is, I love bringing up old names of players that they signed, you know, like Max McGee, the first guy to score a touchdown yeah. Super Bowl. Those yeah. are the kind of names that I like to learn. So in 1929, the first two major signings that the Packers had on their team were the Packers announced signings of veterans Cal Hubbard on July 31st and Johnny Blood on August Johnny 31st. Blood. That's yeah. the name. That's the name. Hubbard and Blood. And then Mike Mikulski. Two detectives. And <laughs> Hubbard and Blood. <laughs> the year that they did that, and this this time, the reason I picked this 1929 and yeah. picking these three players is they finished 12-0-1 and they won their first NFL title. That mentality has stuck with the Green Bay Packers ever since then, right? That they have always drafted a team, kept it, brought in a couple pieces into the team to solidify it, to move forward, which is the opposite of what we're doing. So for the first time since 1929, we're going really last year, it started right where we started really pushing money out, signing these bigger contracts and kicking the can down the road, which is completely the opposite of what the Packers have done since 1929. All right. What do you want? I like that Hubbard and blood. They don't take no gruff. Hubbard and Blood, tonight at 8, ABC. <laughs> Here you go. So everybody knows Don Hudson. Yeah. Right? So Don yeah. Hudson, on, in 1945, October 7th, 1945, Don Hudson caught four touchdown passes, kicked five PATs in the second quarter against, Milwaukee, in, against Detroit and Milwaukee, setting a single time quarter scoring record of 29 points. He scored Holy points. Crap. Has anybody even done that? What is the most amount of points scored in one quarter by a single player? Here. What is the most amount of points scored in a single quarter by an NFL player? Here it is. 41 points. According to Wikipedia, the following week, they beat the Detroit Lions 65-24, to including an NFL record 41 points in one quarter. Who? 41 points, Ernie Nevers. No, that's a single game. 
That's not even, that's not even right. The following week, they beat the Lions 65-24. What's the most amount of points scored in a quarter by a single player? Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. 37 NBA. No, I it's gonna be hard pressed. Let's let's see if we can find that because it's gonna be hard pressed to find a player who scored four touchdowns and five extra points. It, so basically every single point, and then there was another touchdown and he kicked the extra point all in a quarter. Like which, I can't think of any one player, maybe in a game. Right, maybe in a game. Remember, James Jones one time had three touchdowns in a game. I and that, but that's only eight. What's that? Eighteen points. Right. Yeah. That's not even halfway there. Maybe Camara when he had his five touchdowns, but that was during the entire yeah, game. Yeah, that was the entire game. Quarter. One quarter. One quarter. How do you minutes. even score as a team four touchdowns in one quarter? Touchdown, three and out, touchdown, three and out, touchdown, three and out, touchdown, three and out. No, and it was five touchdowns because he had five extra, four touchdowns and five extra points. Maybe, maybe Some when the, a touchdown. So, so maybe somebody intercepted, maybe he's been intercepted a couple of times because seriously, the amount of time in a quarter, like even after two touchdowns, there's almost no time left in the quarter after two yep. touchdowns. Unless yep. these these were single play touchdowns, this is you know whatever handoff handoff taken to the house and then he's intercepted, right? Wow, yeah. crazy! Now, nineteen sixty five. We'll okay. bring back a little Curly Lambo. Everybody knows who Curly Lambo was. Obviously, the founder and first coach. Of course, of course. But he passed away in nineteen sixty five at age sixty seven on June first. So, wow. yeah, he was young. He was a young, even regardless, I guess he was born in 1898. So he wasn't that young, right? I mean, but he was 67 years old when he passed away in 1965. And that year, the stadium was renamed to Lambeau Field that same year on September 11th, 1965. And the Packers defeated the Baltimore Colts 13 to 10 at Green Bay in sudden death Western Conference playoff first overtime in team history as wow. well, that same wow. day. So he passed away on June 1st. The stadium was renamed Lambeau field on September 11th. The Packers played the Baltimore Colts and beat them 13 to 10 in the very first ever overtime win or play in team history, 1965. Yeah. Well, there Unreal, you go, man. Packers history. I love it. I love crazy. it. Yeah. We'll keep doing cool. that. We'll throw out some yeah. nuggets for people to chew try. on that. Chew on that. Chew on that. Russians. Russia. Okay. That's, fun, That's all I got. Yeah, yeah for sure, fun. man. Yeah. Okay. Peace in Pack the Middle Borders. East. Go Pack Go. Bye. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go pack go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. Something happening here 
what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speaking their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down A field day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and carrying signs Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Everybody look what's going, you better stop now, what's that sound? 